we begin today looking at Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And in fact, uh, for the scripture reading, we're going to read this together. Obviously, come thou long expected Jesus, the title, but Let's uh, stand together and read the scripture. It's up on the screen here together. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. And when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and for the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Father, we pray that as your word is read from our mouths, it would embed itself in our hearts. That we would learn this lesson from Simeon and Anna in a way that we apply it to our lives. And so we ask that you speak. Speak as only you can. Into each and every situation, each and every person that is listening here today, beyond anything I could possibly say, speak, Lord. If we are listening, Not merely to hear something new, but to be new in you. 
And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So, what are you hoping for this Christmas season? What are you What are you hoping? Often, what people talk about is what they want for Christmas is really not much more than their two front teeth. You know, all they want for Christmas. I mean, I know we know the song, but some of the stuff that we want for is not much more than my two front teeth. I mean, actually, some of it's less than asking for two front teeth. What are we really hoping for? Are we hoping for something greater, for something deeper like Simeon and Anna did in a passage here in Luke chapter 2 that we just read? Hope, one of the main themes of what Christmas is about. Have you noticed, when you think through, and I know we have Advent candles up here at the season often called Advent. And I know when we talk about Advent, uh, it can just be a religious tradition that, quite frankly, some of us really are not comfortable with. And yet it doesn't have to be some dry, liturgical, going-through-the-motions activity. Advent in itself, the, at the core, literally the word means coming or arrival, which brings us to this song, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus. We'll sing it a little later today. But it's especially relevant in an Advent celebration that gives us opportunity to praising God for his first coming in Jesus and praying to God for the second coming. That, in essence, is what this is about. When we talk about Advent, that, in essence, is what connects to that hymn by Charles Wesley, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. You know, he had written many hymns, many that you are familiar with, even at Christmas, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. But this one that I'm talking about is less familiar. But in a sense, it's also because we are, in many ways, celebrating Christmas less in this way that the song talks about. Simeon and Anna understood the reality of a long-expected coming of Christ that was a hope that they held on to. They looked forward to the coming deliverer. Do we? Can we look at this Christmas carol, so to speak, as a prayer that, that says, Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Or is it just a song? Is there something within us that expects and desires this? Do we have a hope that we're holding on to? Just like Simeon and Anna did. As they waited, not just for that deliverer that we say, well, Jesus already came. Guess what? I don't know if you heard. He's coming back. I know you have. We did a series on it. We've got to hold on to hope. It's not just that Jesus came and that Jesus will come, but he that someday will come. But today, Jesus can come and meet us where we need him as our deliverer. But we've got to hold on to hope. The way we do that first 
is that we need to expect the deliverance that God has promised. The way to do that is to first expect the deliverance that God has promised. What are we expecting? Not just this Christmas, but truly, what is our expectation in? What are we, and when we say, what are we expecting? What are we believing? What are we trusting God for? What is our first response when the expected things that we hope for don't come about in the way you felt like you've waited, but it's still not here? What happens when the deliverance that you're looking for is delayed? Like for Simeon and Anna. Simeon waiting for the consolation of Israel. And it was revealed to him that it says in verse 26 that the Holy Spirit, that he, by the Holy Spirit, he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah, but he's getting pretty close. You know, it, 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 yeah, I know I heard this. Are we settling for a life of bondage, for a life that is less than what God wants? Because we've lost hope to expect for anything different than what we've already got. And maybe we don't think of it as suddenly. We say, you know what, I'm fine, it's fine, whatever. Is it really fine? Is it really what God wants? There are many that technically don't give up. They just take matters into their own hands, grabbing onto something or someone else as their hope. I'm tired of waiting. Have you ever said that? And I don't mean in a line waiting to check out. Right? I'm tired of waiting for this. So what do we do? Do we hold on to hope or do we grab a hold of something else? For many, we just try harder. To bring about the deliverance that, that we need, that we want to see happen in our life. It's the only thing we know how to do. Okay, I prayed, but nothing happened. Can you imagine Simeon? How many, and Anna, how many years and years ago they began to pray that? How many of us ultimately lean on ourselves instead of the Savior? Is our expectation really in God? We need a hope that perseveres and waits upon the Lord and sees the deliverance that God is going to bring. It doesn't mean that we're always just going to sit there watching, you know, okay, you wait upon the Lord. Some people think, okay, well, I'm just going to sit here and just wait and watch. And then you watch as the Lord brings the deliverance and you watch as the deliverance drives away. But you're looking for His deliverance. Waiting for Him to join God in what He wants to do in your life. Not what we want done. And it's ironic how many, uh, how we want things to be different in our life. We, we do, we have this thing that we just, I don't, I don't want to live this way. I don't want to be this. I don't want to have this stuff. I want things to be different in my life. 
Just don't ask me to change. Are you with me? We want out of our problems, but we don't want into what God wants to do. We want out of our problems, but we don't want into what God wants to do in us, how he wants to work in us. There were very few back at that first Christmas time that really grasped the kind of expectation that had more, that was more than what Simeon and Anna had. Simeon, a godly man, put his hope in all that he was looking for, for the consolation of Israel. That's something that's mentioned in the song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. What's amazing is that Simeon held on to that hope in God's promises, and he saw Jesus. And the moment he saw Jesus, he knew that was the fulfillment. Can you even imagine that? What you've waited for all your life, people would come in and out of that temple over and over and over. And this one time, he knew this was it. How? One, he expected that deliverance. He was always looking for it. If you're not looking for it, it's not, you're not going to see it. But as well, it wasn't about him. He noticed, he saw that this was the deliverance that he had waited for because the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. Instead of us trying to figure this all out ourselves, so much of our, even our Christian life is done in our own power, our own strength, our own religiousness of what we think we need to do that sounds like the good Christian thing. If I listed them off, you'd say, yeah, yeah, I got that, I got that, I got that. But the way he knew was not anything that he did. It was what the Holy Spirit was doing in him. One of the unfortunate things that we see today that in days gone past is not so much the people losing hope as just letting go of hope. Because it's something they won't see in their lifetime. I guarantee that Simeon and Anna, it only makes sense as you read about who they are here, that Simeon and Anna, if, if Jesus had not come into the temple, if this was not the time that, and they both passed away and died, they still would have died hoping, holding on to hope for the deliverance. But there are people today that, it's not like days of yesterday. I, I'm, I'm talking 50, 100 years ago even in our society. There are people who hope for things that they knew may not happen in their time, but they still hope for them. If not about themselves, it was about what God wanted to do. And so often what's happening is we are looking only for God to do what we can see, usually right now, but at least what we can see in our life, what benefits us. How many of us are expecting God to do something and praying about that in such a way that even if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, that's okay. It will happen. I have that hope. It is coming. We've lost that hope. We're no longer holding on to that kind of hope. 
We only hold on to the hope that personally affects me. What kind of hope is that? Where is the hope of the Lord? We take the edge off our faith when we think this way and we no longer have this big hope-filled prayers that we're trusting God for. For generations yet to come. So to the world back then, to wait for Christmas, the Deliverer, the Savior that was spoken of long ago was something that was, it, it, it took a while. God been bringing that answer for a long time, for centuries, putting the pieces in place. As we think about it, what are we expecting? God had already said, and what, not just what are we expecting personally, what are we expecting from the promises of God. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that He might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. He's talking about that, what we call Christmas, and that moment when the fullness of time, everything came together. That's a whole other message in itself of everything that had come together just for this right moment right here. But until that moment, they had to wait and hope. Hope. The song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, is so true. Because he was long expected. Long. How long? All the way back to Genesis chapter 3. In verse 15 where God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. There's so many other places. Like Isaiah 9.6 or 7.14 or Micah 5.2. Christmas was always God's plan from the very beginning. That which we call Christmas, said Christ's coming, was always God's plan from the beginning. It was always His hope for the earth. As that Christmas carol states, it's, it's the hope, He is the hope of all the earth, the desire of every nation, the joy of every longing heart. It is in His name that the Gentiles will hope. We see that He is the desire of every nation. Even it talks about in Haggai, Chapter 2, verse 7. So God's people have long expected the coming of Jesus, the Deliverer. But not only have they done so, God himself has been waiting. God has been waiting for this long-expected Jesus, his Son, to be sent to be Savior and Deliverer. We don't think about it that way, but in a sense, God said, this is what I'm going to do. But he waited until the fullness of time, until the exact moment to do it that was Perfect and needed to be done at that moment. We say that God waited, or God waited in the hope of what He had planned. Sometimes we have difficulty thinking of it that way because we don't think, the way we think about hope is it's a wish. You know, I'm, I'm, t- I'm saying what we have here is that we're supposed to hold on to hope. And for some of you, you know, you're kind of following along, but 
you're thinking, hold on to, it's a wish, something I, I, I really hope will happen. I, I don't know that it will, but I'm really hoping or wishing they really want. No, biblical hope is what we know will happen. Biblical hope is our expectation. It's not an expectation for a wish. It's an expectation for a certainty that is coming. Hope in the deliverer. Hope that which is we believe is true. His people were waiting in hope. Are we waiting in hope for him now? We should be expecting so much more than what we are today. Because God's expecting it. God's already promised it in his word. So God's expecting it's going to take place. Expecting as in a certainty. Not a maybe. Not a wish. God's certainty. God said it. It will be done. Are we expecting it? If God is expecting it, why shouldn't we be expecting it? God's already said some things, already given us promises. Why are we not expecting? When we talk about hope at Christmas time, we're looking at the same way that Simeon and Anna did. Are, are we looking for that hope that both of them look to? As, as he says in verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. I'm ready to go. Why? Because the hope that you promised has come. The hope I was expecting all this time because you promised it. That's what is it about. You know, there, there are probably many of you who are here or listening that are not putting your hope or your thoughts into the commercialization of Christmas you would say I, I haven't lost the core of what Christmas is about I've not forgotten that Jesus is the reason for the season but have we neglected what is the reason for Jesus now some of you in a, just in that moment you're like what did he just say like I'm, I'm not sure what you said because we just use that phrase. Jesus is the reason for the season. Right? That's what we say. But what was the reason for Jesus? Because the reason for Jesus is the reason for the season. It's not just Jesus. And, and, and we're missing it sometimes. And what our hope and what we're looking for. Simeon and Anna's expectation. That was seen in what we call Christmas was so much bigger, so much deeper, so much wider than what we think today. We end up limiting our celebration of Christmas to being about just one night, one baby, one manger. But Christmas is about more than just one night, one baby, one manger. It was so much more than that. That's what this hymn, Come Along Expected Jesus, shows so much of a bigger picture. That's what... Simeon and Anna we're looking for. And Christmas, we make the choice to do more than just celebrate Jesus' birthday. Because the reality is, guess what? Jesus already existed. 
And we can say it's his birthday, but guess what? He's already been. In fact, he existed before time itself. He is God. But in this moment that we call Christmas, it is so much more than about a baby in a manger. It is about a God who has come to earth, Emmanuel, God with us. It is about the incarnation of God, the fulfillment of all the promises from the beginning of the uh, from the beginning to about the salvation of all the world. And in many ways, this this Christmas song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, paints a bigger picture, a grand plan than just a baby in a manger to a deliverer or a savior that will completely change the world by completely changing each of us one at a time, becoming new creations in Christ. And you know what? We could just go on and on. There's so much more about what Christmas is than just that one thing that all we think about. They were not just expecting, let me put it this way, Simeon and Anna were not just expecting one night, one baby, one manger. Now are you with me? They were expecting so much more because that was what God's promises were for. Are you holding on to a hope that expects so much more? At some point in time, we all need deliverance. There are times that we find ourselves in serious need, dealing with death, divorce, a diagnosis of a disease or a disorder, some difficulty in life. We can lose hope. We can even get, you know, am I going to get through this or not? There are hard times. There are heavy burdens. There's suffering and sorrow and pain. And it just seems to grow. The more we wait for deliverance, but no matter what our situation is, we need to hold on to hope with the expectation that Jesus will come. Just as he promised he came, then he will come and meet you. As we hold on to hope, expectation often is that we would be delivered from our problems and our pain. Which is what many expected that around that first Christmas time, if we want to say it that way. Many were expecting the Messiah to come and to deliver them from the iron-handed rule of the Romans. They were expecting the deliverance from their situation. And because of that limited expectation, they missed Christmas. They missed it. Because Jesus came to do so much more than that. Not just deliver them from some enemy that was ruling over them, that it was just going to happen again and had happened all throughout history, but something more than that. Something so much more. A lasting deliverance on that cross that ultimately few in that moment would have accepted because they didn't expect it. But a deliverance, not just from problems and pain, but through our problems and pains. A deliverance that God wanted to do in us, for us, that was greater than just getting us out of our problems. Let's put it this way on the screen. God does not 
just want to deliver us from something, but to something. I want us to think about that. So many times our expectation, what we're hoping for is just to be delivered from something. Right? And then we're done. We got it. We got what we wanted. And oftentimes we kind of don't stay as close to God as we were when we were really looking for it. But what God wants to do is not just deliver you from something, but to something. That's what Christmas was about. It wasn't just delivering them from that rule and from all this stuff. It was to something so much more. He doesn't want to just deliver us, for example, from an old life of sin and keep us out of hell. God wants to deliver us to a new life with the Savior in a forever future in heaven someday, along with a victorious life here. Even in our present problems, even in the future, we need to hold on to hope that expects what God intends to do, which is more than delivering us from whatever it is that we're experiencing right now, whatever problem, whatever thing that we're dealing with. God wants to do more than that. His ability to deliver goes way beyond because His promises are way beyond just getting you out of a jam. God wants to deliver us to something so much more, including as it deals with the second coming of Christ. Do we have those kind of expectations about the second coming? That will not be like the, you know, that obviously the second coming is not going to be like the first. We've talked about this. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords riding down, ushering in the kingdom, ultimately a journey that will lead us towards eternity. Revelation eleven fifteen: the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah. And he will reign forever and ever. And we say, hallelujah, right? Hallelujah. There's hope. There's hope because God hears us. Let's recall this Christmas season that Jesus came on earth to deliver us that as we begin this Advent season, it's not just in that one moment that his coming in the past gives us a hope and an expectation of his coming that awaits us. We need to have that expectation that believes, that trusts God wants more for us. But If we're going to hold on to hope, we've got to have something more than that. We need to desire the deliverance that God has promised. And these are two different things. To expect something, to believe that it's going to happen, yes. But do we actually desire that? There's a sense we've been given hope. We expect it. We would say, well, I believe God can answer. But do we want it? Do we long for God to answer? Do we desire deliverance like God desires our deliverance? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's God's desire. A desire that comes because of his love. Read about it in other places like Psalm 91 or think about 1 Peter 5. He says, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Simeon and Anna waiting for that. My eyes, he says, 
and verse 30, have seen your salvation. Anna, in verse 38, in Luke 2, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Not just they were expecting it because God said so, but there were those who were just looking for it, longing for it. Whatever deliverance in our lives, is it something that we're not just expecting that, yeah, I believe it can happen, but do we really want it? Do we really long for it? Desire God's deliverance in our life. So many times our prayers are just a matter of fact, kind of, yeah, pray for deliverance. Yeah, I I should pray for this, you know, first. Uh, I I expect God's going to do it. Eh, No big deal. Isn't that some of our prayers are kind of like no big deal prayers? But shouldn't we, if we're really having hope, shouldn't it be a big deal in our hearts? Something that really is a big deal to us? We got to want it. Not just say these safe, religious sounding prayers done all proper and right. When you look at the scriptures and you look where God's people sought his deliverance again and again, go back to Exodus 2 and 3, other places. Those who put their hope in the Lord, when they were looking, they were not just saying, God, we know you hear us and we know you're going to deliver us, so hey, can you help us out here? No. They cried out, God, save us, deliver us, help us out of this. This is not a time for some calm, matter-of-fact, you know, check-off-the-list kind of prayer. But to cry out to God with a deep desire for His deliverance that He has promised. When you think about this song, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus, which way do we look at it? Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus. Or... Should it be all in bold? Come, thou long-expected Jesus, come. That's hope. I don't know how we say it's hope when it's just like, you know, come, thou long-expected Jesus. Yeah, I, I believe it. You know, come. We need to desire the deliverance that he's promised. Come, Lord Jesus, for our hope is in you and you alone. Many of scriptures talk about this, like Psalm 18, verse 6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to God for help. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry for help before him came into his ears. Now, and there's plenty of places like this, but note what's not kind of prayer that's users hey god you got a minute i'd appreciate a little help my way this is a groaning a moaning an anguish help cry the words that are used in these things there are anguish kind of cries for help to god that doesn't just expect but desires it crying out what is it that you're hoping for in your life 
in the life of others around you, in the life of this world? Are we really holding out a hope that desires that deliverance, that cries out to God for it? What is it that we are longing for? Is it anything? We sing in this song about who Jesus was, who we experience, and as you as we'll sing it a little bit later, you'll you'll hear a freedom from uh, freedom from things, a rest, a strength, a consolation, of hope, a joy. He is the one that was born to set people free, free from our fears, our sins, release us. Come, set us free, like he talks about in Hebrews 2. And then about a rest and a peace that we enter in, like in Hebrews 4. So could it be that we do not long for or deeply desire deliverance from God at times because we still have other options? When do we really get where we're crying out to God? How many times is it really because we've got no other option, no other place to go, everything else we've tried doesn't work, and then we cry out to him? How about if we start out with a hope that cries out? How about if we start out before we go through all our resources and all our ways of doing it? We start out with a hope that desires a deliverance now in the same way that we would when we've gone to the end of our rope. Deeply desire from God. If we're going to hold on to hope, we can't be holding on to all these other things instead. In a different way, there are those who could be longing to see what's happened to see something happen that in their life that god is not longing to see happen in your life could it be some things that we were so desperate for and that we really were crying out to god for early on our emotions were stirred this was not a a desire that is deep within us but just we went through a time and our emotions were stirred and we cried out to god but you notice, you look back and you think, I'm not praying for that anymore. And it hasn't changed. Are, are you with me when I'm talking about, you know, we have these things. It's like, oh, I really got to pray about this. And then we're not praying every day. And then it's not every week. And then months go by. This thing that we thought was so important needed God. We stopped praying for is it that we lost hope or is it that we should never have been hoping for that to begin with? Because that wasn't part of God's hope for us. God's promises that he had made to us. It's just what we wanted, not what he wanted for us. So many times that can happen and we just stop desiring it. And, and how can God give us his desires of our heart, so to speak, when we are showing that those really aren't the desires that the thing that we thought was so needed God to just deliver us from, now we've been living with for six weeks or six months. And you know what? It's okay. Not because I've settled. Not because my situation has changed. But because my attitude has changed. I've changed.
perhaps initially we were all out in our desire for deliverance, but what happens when we have to wait? Have we lost our, the desire for deliverance? Did we ever have it? I know we've waited, but here, here's the thing. Our urgency in the request does not mean God's immediacy in the response. Uh, and maybe I should say, uh, as I'm reading it up there, uh, our urgency in the request does not bring God's immediacy in response. Just because it's urgent to us, God is going, you've got to hold on to hope. Our urgency, God knows he's got it. He's got us in the palm of his hand. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 27, verse 14. Now, perhaps some get so busy surviving that we just don't take time to actually cry out to God. There are some that are experiencing deep emotions in the problems that you're going through. There's things you desire, but really what's happening is we come we can be so busy feeling sorry for ourselves and our situation that we crawl into a hole focusing on how bad and how hopeless it is. Sometimes the only crying out that we do is really not to God. I mean, we do, but it's really not to God what we're we're just crying. We're not really crying to Jesus. We're just venting. We're just angry. We're just upset. We're just, we've lost instead of the truth going to Jesus as the answer. Including the answer to why. Why is this happening? Why do I have to go through this? Why, 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 why? You know, through the years... Uh, being a pastor, I'm convinced that many times, if you got the answer directly from God himself to the why, it would not be good enough. Because so many times, our why and what people are telling us is trying to hit our head and it's missing our heart. Or something that we don't want to accept. We need to recognize as we hold on to a hope. That Jesus is the answer. Whatever you're looking for, Jesus is that answer. The other answers that you're looking for are not going to help. Our hope is only in him. Sometimes you hear people say, oh, there's no hope for me. You know what? That would be true if hope was based on you. But that's not even close to the truth when our hope is based on Jesus. If you think everybody else can expect from God, everybody else can cry from God and get it, but you can't because there's no hope for you, it's not about you. It's not about whether you've been naughty or nice. It's not about whether God is happy with you right now. It's about the fact that God loves us with an everlasting love. It's the fact that as 2 Timothy 2 verse 13 says, If we are faithless, he, is, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Ultimately, we should long for his deliverance. Even more so, we should long for the deliverer. 
Jeremiah 29, verse 12 and 13. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. As we talk about a hope that desires deliverance, we're not going to get any far, very far if we don't ultimately desire the deliverer, seeking him, wanting him. Um, there's a chaplain, Dale Cooper was his name. He recalled a moment where he was traveling home to his young family, having to have spent the summer away from them. He called his wife from Chicago's O'Hare's airport to, to arrange a pickup at Grand Rapids, and his four-year-old son asked for the phone. And Cooper said that his son, he, his only words to me, and it really was a cry, was, Daddy, when is my going going to be where you are? In other words, there was this cry, this longing. Like, I know you're going, but I'm not. I'm not with you. I want to be with you. When is our desire? And all the things that are going on in our life, and some of which are not good, I understand that. But when are we going to have hope when we're going to have hope is when we are going to have a desire for jesus more than wanting to get out of your situation more than wanting help more than wanting all this but just to reach out for him you know if we gained anything earlier from our end time series i hope that all we did was not just gain some new information if so we missed it if there were some things from this, the End Times 101 series that we got that helped us to, to better understand and so that we're not disturbed or deceived by some of the things that are out there being said, that's good, but we still miss God's main point, the prophecy. The purpose of End Times prophecy is to longingly look forward to Jesus coming back. And to pursue a holiness that prepares us to meet him. Come thou long expected Jesus. Come is a prayer. That comes from a longing in our heart that cries out. Come Lord Jesus. All the things that you might be hoping for in your life and others lives and all this. Do we have this hope from Revelation 22, 20? He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. I mean, I think about it. There, there are some people who are looking forward to hoping for Christmas, right? Can't wait for Christmas. Wish it was tomorrow. I know it's not. They're excitedly counting down the days, the hours, the minutes. They're starting to dress like Buddy the Elf. You know, they're, 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 they got it all down. And maybe even for many of you here today, you're not that bad, but you're looking forward to Christmas. Are you looking forward to Jesus Christ? coming back the second coming 
as much as you're looking forward to celebrating the first coming? Shouldn't it be even more? Shouldn't it be even more? Cry out today, God desires your deliverance. We need to desire it. You may have to wait, but we've got to want it. And we've got to believe that it's going to come. What are you expecting this Christmas? What are you expecting for? What are you longing for? And over all those things, more than all of that, are we longing for Jesus? And not just Jesus here and now, but a Jesus that would come back. That we might be with him. Ask the worship team to come. Let's, before we get ready for communion, make sure that you have those communion elements. But as the worship team comes, let's sing through that song. Come thou long expected Jesus. And let's try to make an attempt to sing it in a way that's not just singing some old religious hymn. Let's sing it with all bold letters. Come, thou long expected Jesus. Come, come, Lord Jesus. Come right here, right now in the need. Come again, just like you came before. We know and expect that you're coming again, and we long for it. We want it. Come, thou long expected Jesus. Come.